Finally free from her 15-year marriage to the heir to the British throne, the Princess of Wales was single and ready to focus on her true passions, raising her beloved sons and continuing her incredible humanitarian efforts. But the relentless press could not be held at bay, and a summer trip to France would seal Diana's fate. This week's episode is Princess Diana, Part 3. In the night, your heart fills with dread. Probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. Well, we need to start off with some exciting news that happened this weekend. That's right. We received I a pornographic three DVD. fish. <laughs> we both like... had the same joke, just on different <laughs> different wavelengths. Did you really get fish, though? Yeah, I did. Got, oh, that's so exciting. Three. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're fish. It, they, uh, they eat algae. <laughs> Oh, that's helpful. Is it the side suckers? No, because those freak me out. These, so we had to find specific fish that did not look like that, and they're they kind of just look like fish, but they they eat a bunch of algae because the tank is getting crazy. I was getting wild. Yeah, it? you still got snails. One, he's holding oh. on. <laughs> never let go, Jack. <laughs> never let go. Uh, we got something else though that instead of yes. eating algae, that's right, eating ass, eating eat ass. <laughs> We received in the mail. I'm sure if you're a longtime listener, you know I have been for years confused about the anatomy dynamics of the erection of the modern day vampire. And Ashley Demore, who is a longtime listener, sent us the Buffy the Vampire Slayer Triple X parody, an Adam and Eve production. I hope she used coupon code creepy to uh, get a discount. But. <laughs> It has got some uh, very obscene photographs on the back, mm-hmm. uh, but she did say, you know, maybe this will answer the question about how vampires get and maintain erections, mm-hmm. although based on the photos, I don't know about that. The casting, though, the guy that plays Xander, the Buffy doesn't really look like Sarah Michelle Gellar, but I think Lexi Bell, they they tout her, so she may be famous or something, but the guy that plays Xander really looks like him. Spike, not so much, and Giles, definitely but I don't know that I um, have the emotional capacity to watch Giles <laughs> performing sex acts that I see happening. Uh, there is a movie-only mode where apparently, uh, as you can see, it's still sealed in the back. Yeah. I've not opened it up. But she said that you can watch it where there's no sex scenes. So story-only version. You no know sex. what? That's the kind of porn I like. Yeah, I just want to know the story. I just want so. the plot. But... The front, it says, from award-winning parody director Leroy Myers, and boy, is he what, uh, prolific. What are some other parodies we've got from good old Leroy? WKRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> what a bizarre thing to parody in the porn Why? world. <laughs> it was his second one after Entourage, so he uh, just went Entourage, for it. I, I could see. see that, yeah. Friends, Seinfeld, Scrubs, The Office, Sex in the City, another Seinfeld, <laughs> Golden Two Girls. Seinfelds? Golden Girls? Golden... No! Are they parody. old people or are they young people dressed like old people? It says a MILF parody, so I'm going to guess it's older actresses. 
Uh, Big Bang Theory. The script writes itself with that one. <laughs> yep. Uh, who's the boss? Okay. Uh, cheers. I uh, like this one. A wet dream on Elm Street. <laughs> we also have Sponge Knob Square Nuts. Oh, yes. The Simpsons. Uh, the Human Sexipede, as if the Human oh, Centipede wasn't God. bad enough. Jesus. Comedians in cars getting sex. <laughs> Okay, I feel like getting sex, he mailed it in on that last one. <laughs> Just a little bit. And uh, Game of Bones, Winter is yes. Coming. Oh, perfect, yes. Strokemon. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, the Honey Moaners. He got a little more creative with yeah, the names. Yeah, he got more confident as he went on. Bob's Boners, maybe not. <laughs> uh, Ten Inch Mutant Ninja Turtles. I like it. Fap to the Future. Oh, yikesies. And the most recent, uh, the Lego movie. I guess Lego, like, lay. That's a stretch. Lay? Yeah, that's Myers. Come on. But he won for uh, Big Lebowski, Cheers, Reno 911, The Godfather. So he's won a lot of adults. The Big Lebowski, my favorite movie. I don't think I can watch them. I can't can't do it. No, I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah, well, thank you, Ashley. Yes. We, uh, Heather, when she got that at the post office, messaged me and said, let me know how you want to arrange custody over this uh, porn <laughs> film that someone just says. <laughs> so we'll still have to decide uh, how we're going to do that. Yeah. But I the, did real, also... the real good news from this <laughs> weekend. True. I got engaged. Yay! Uh, Paris and I went to Oklahoma, Broken Bow Lake. With my family, and he conspired with them to do an Easter egg hunt for grown-ups, which would have cash and lotto tickets and the Easter eggs, but he hid a lovely engagement ring in one of the eggs. That's amazing. Got down on one knee and proposed, and it was wonderful, and my sister goes, are you guys in love? And he said, whatever love means, and he (laughs) laughed and laughed. Did Uh, that really happen? No. no, no. I was like, damn, that's that's." funny as hell if that didn't happen many many people asked if he was a patreon subscriber and he is at the ruling the airwaves tier because that was the condition that was of our engagement so yes he got up that morning and uh upped his donation and screenshotted it for proof and i we had an email to the show email account which luckily i did not check that morning because i would have seen that he i get notifications but i didn't notice it yeah, it was at like 9.30, mm-hmm. and he proposed at like 10.30. Oh, so, so he did get up and yeah, and do it. He did. Well, good uh, did, for him. And so good for good you guys. We're all I very know. excited. Thank you. So I'm very happy. And no, he did not say whatever love means <laughs> because he's not a monster like Prince Charles. Yep, yep. Well, if you don't understand that reference, go back and listen to part one and then listen to part two. And then come and listen to part three. You may be here because you just binged part one and two. I think a lot of people save them up and mm-hmm. binge them all at once, which I get. So uh, if that's the case, welcome. This is part three. This has been, um, man, I've learned so much. Yes. So much that, as Meghan Markle has said, when you grow up in the States, you know who the royal family is, but you're not like indoctrinated as if you grew up in the UK. So... There, it is just layers upon layers, and still stuff that more is more is coming out. I uh, started watching The Crown. Very good. Oh, yeah. It's very yeah. good. Yeah, very good writing. Very good acting. So I'm excited. I go, babe. Do you want to watch this with me? No. Okay. 
but in uh I won't say I won't say what it is, what the topic is, but our topic two topics from now that we're covering. He is he was like, Oh, I'll watch those documentaries with you. Yeah. Finally. I started, He's interested I in those. something. Oh and, uh, I'm I very have, excited about watched it. Some, yeah, and started some books on it. So we're we're getting ahead in our research mm-hmm. and, and trying to uh get get ahead with what we're gonna do so we can do even more in depth research. Mm-hmm. But this I was uh loving the DMs from folks who are from the UK who said I have a different view than my parents' generation. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents really were brought up to kind of revere the the royals. I have an idea that they need to get with the times. They need to be more progressive and if they're going to, you know, keep a hold on the the public's attention and respect. And so it's interesting to hear the different opinions people have of the Meghan Markle situation. There's a lot of TikTokers and YouTubers mm-hmm. and people that break down interviews and speculate on what body language means. And it's very interesting how similar it is to what happened to Diana. Yeah, it's kind of self-fulfilling because sure. they say, well, she's trying to make herself seem like Diana. Let's analyze every single tick of her face. And that's exactly what happened to Diana. Yeah. So maybe maybe she's not making it all up if you're spending hours in, on YouTube analyzing how she moved her hand when she signed a document, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up in this one with the the worst part of the story. Definitely. But um, also some interesting stuff and also some ridiculous stuff. Always. <laughs> well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get into it. On the final day of her life, Princess Diana and her rumored boyfriend, Dodi Fayed, arrived at the Ritz Paris Hotel around 4.30 p.m., forced to enter through the back door because of media on the scene, according to USA Today. Just after that, Dodi went to a Rapasi jewelry location to purchase two rings, which were then sent to the suite that he and Diana were sharing. According to Paul Brewer, Diana's longtime friend and butler, Diana said Dodi was spoiling her. Paul guessed a ring would be next and advised Diana if she wanted to send a statement to her former flame, Dr. Natty Khan, to put the ring on her right hand. According to Paul, Diana was still in love with Natty. She didn't want to be engaged to Dodi, but she didn't want to rebuff him either. And that's something that I learned in the Paul Burrell's documentary. He it's Diana the Royal Truth and it's just his, you know, perspective, his opinion. It's obviously super one sided, but he was one of the closest people mm-hmm. to her. And he said she barely knew Dodie. And I think, you know, Mohammed Al Fayed wants to say they were gonna be engaged, she was pregnant, they mm-hmm. were super together and Paul said she actually staged that whole thing on the yacht of them taking photos together because she wanted Natty to see the pictures. Really? And she, she asked Paul, hey, do you think Natty saw him, saw the pictures? And Paul said, of course he did. Yeah. Everybody saw them. Yeah. They're everywhere. And so that she was, that was really the love of her life and that they were going to get back together eventually. So it's interesting the two different versions that come mm-hmm. out. And, that, and Paul is another one of those figures that, you know, I said UK people messaged us and said, Charles is a wanker. People messaged and said... Some people think of Paul as kind of a celebrity chasing wannabe star, you know, use Diana. And other people who saw her, saw him with her, her whole, you know, time as a royal think, oh, no, he was a confidant. He was a close mm-hmm. friend. So, again, it's like a matter of perspective of whether he's like a fame chasing douchebag or a longtime friend who's continuing her legacy. Yeah. Isn't it funny, though? You can still you can be a princess and still you're like, did he see those photos? I'm trying to yeah. I'm trying to get this guy jealous, y'all. Mm-hmm. She's like, did he see how I looked? And she was <laughs> hugging on Dodie and everything. Mm-hmm. And 
That's what he said. She just did that to get Natty, to get under Natty's skin, to get his attention. We're we're all the same. Oh, Celebrities, yeah. they're just like us. Oh yeah. Security footage shows Diana Doty and Trevor Reese Jones, a bodyguard, head out of the hotel through a back entrance in another effort to evade paparazzi around 12:20 a.m. on August 31st, 1997. They plan to return to Doty's apartment, located a short distance from the hotel. Henri Paul, the acting head of security at the Ritz Hotel, drove the group in a black 1994 Mercedes S280, according to the nearly 900-page official report by the London Metropolitan Police Service, or MPS. Yeah, they tried to have dinner at first, and mm-hmm. down in the restaurant, and there's people taking pictures, and you just... I wonder if your dad owns the hotel, as Dodie's dad did, how did all those people get in there? And that's a question a lot of people have, especially conspiracy theorists that think that someone was working inside the hotel to tip off the photographers. Yeah, they tried. They had even been at Dodie's apartment like earlier Mm -hmm. in the day and they were followed from there to the hotel and then they were going to go to an outside restaurant and there were too many paparazzi so then they decided to have restaurant at the hotel or dinner at the hotel but then there was paparazzi there it was a whole it was a whole thing but like you said yeah his dad owned this hotel why don't you call i don't know i don't you i mean can't create a perimeter yeah or call the cops i mean i don't i don't know if there's anything that can legally be done but if uh, i had a bunch of cameras going off in my face and i was trying to have dinner at the place that my dad owned i'd be like get the fuck out of here what the hell yeah to reach Jody's apartment, there were three possible routes, according to USA Today. One was blocked due to construction, and another was along the crowded Champs-Élysées, a popular tourist area. Paul decided on the third route that went through the Pont des Alma. At the time, only Reese Jones was wearing a seatbelt. That's not good. No, but I mean, I want, you wonder if they jump in the car and speed off because yeah. there is so many people as you're not taking precautions. And I bet you feel like you're in a, you know, a action movie. Yeah. It's weird that the driver wasn't wearing one either. It's, I mean, it's kind of more common to get in the back and maybe forget to do that. But mm-hmm. if um, Dodie's bodyguard had time to put one on, I think, yeah, it's probably just your so frazzled from all these freaking people in your face and chasing you and everything that you just don't even think about it. And normally law enforcement don't put on seatbelts because they need to jump out of the car if they're going somewhere. So if anybody, you would think the bodyguard maybe wouldn't wear one Mm -hmm. if that's, if he's got to be ready to jump into action, but uh, action. Mm -hmm. According to the MPS report, once inside the tunnel, the Mercedes collided with the 13th central pillar in the underpass going approximately 65 miles per hour over twice the tunnel's 30-mile-per-hour speed limit. Both Dodie and Henri Paul died immediately. Diana and bodyguard Reese Jones were critically injured, but alive. Firefighter Xavier Gourmelon was one of the first to arrive on the scene. In an interview with Good Morning Britain, Gourmelon said when they first approached the car, Nobody knew it was her. Nobody recognized her. He went on to say, As I approached, there was a blonde person sitting on the floor, She regained consciousness and looked at me and said, Oh God, what happened? A bit agitated. I tried to calm her down and tell her we'd look after her. And she fell into a coma again. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, especially, you've seen the photographs of the car hitting. It's all, I mean, it looks like a crash test dummy when they hit the, not not the people in the car, but like the the way the car is crunched. Mm -hmm. The whole front end is crunched. The top is crunched because I'm sure it went 
hit it and went up slightly. So the roof is caved in that as a first responder, that's you all. The first thing you see is the exterior of the car mm-hmm. and think, my God, nobody's alive mm-hmm. in there. And then you find someone who's oh, not only clinging to life, but one of the most famous people. Yeah. In the world. Yeah. When they hit the pillar, uh, it's. They hit it, bounced off, and then spun around to where it ended up facing the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it was earlier in the day, they had been driven around by, I don't remember what class it was, but it was like a much higher class of a Mercedes that mm-hmm. had like bulletproof windows and the exterior was sturdier and everything. And they had their normal driver. Mm-hmm. But because when they got to the hotel, there was so much paparazzi. That driver and that Mercedes stayed out front as a decoy. Oh. And they went through the back door out a separate car, and that's why they got Paul to drive, because they needed a driver, because the other one was out front, to throw off the the media. So it's all these little, like we always talk about, like this fine line that we walk between life and death, where one little decision could have, if they had just said, we'll just deal with the paparazzi and go out the front as usual, I mean... Mm-hmm. who knows or you say well we'll just sleep at the hotel tonight mm-hmm. it sucks there's a lot of people but we'll just close the shades and deal with it tomorrow mm-hmm. you never know yeah there's too many what ifs yeah french procedure is to perform treatment on the scene according to the day diana died rather than immediately transport a victim the emergency workers attempt to treat on site diana was treated on scene for nearly an hour until 1 20 a.m when the ambulance began taking her to the hospital however on the way Diana began suffering cardiac arrest. Rather than continue on to the hospital, the ambulance stopped while medics performed CPR and applied a defibrillator. They were able to get her heart beating again and arrived at the hospital just after 2 a.m. That's definitely a cultural difference of trying to rush somebody to the hospital versus doing what you can on scene and pulling over. I can understand that, though. I mean, I can understand Mm -hmm. the... Treating on scene, especially, you know, if you yeah. if you're like, we we got five minutes and the hospital's 20 minutes away, like you do what you can right then. Yeah, especially in this case, you don't know if there's broken bones in the neck mm-hmm. or something, you know, transporting somebody. But again, it's another one of those. What if? Mm-hmm. Early reports on the princess's condition out of the hospital were that she had suffered a concussion, a broken arm and a laceration on her thigh. However, the worst of her injuries were internal, specifically to her chest and lungs. For two hours, a team of doctors tried to get her heart pumping. Tragically, they were unsuccessful. At 4.53 a.m. on August 31, 1997, at the age of 36, Diana, Princess of Wales, was pronounced dead. Tommy sent us that very Mm -hmm. fascinating video of a crew of people hanging out playing poker, I guess. Uno. They were playing playing Uno. That's one of the funniest parts is it's like, it's from Reddit, and it's this video of like, Five guys playing cards when they learn of the princess's death, and then you click on it, and it's Uno. When you expect it to be like <laughs> Texas Hold'em or something, yeah. And you hear, "Oh, Princess Diana's been in a car accident," mm-hmm. and they're kind of joking around and not paying attention. And then it says she dies, and it just becomes—you can hear a pin drop mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, and it's fascinating. Their friend kept recording. I remember I was watching Mr. Bean. Oh, at my house, and did my they mom break in. Uh, no, because it was on PBS. My oh. mom uh, yelled at me to come in the living room and tell me, you know, Princess Diana died. And I said, I don't, you know, I was like 11, 10. So I didn't really know what it meant. Yeah. But she was just like crying and really upset. And uh, you know. I was a freshman at Texas Tech 
I don't remember what I was doing, but I just remember I was a tech when I mm-hmm. when I learned of that. Because am I mistaken, or didn't Mother Teresa die just a few months before her? I'm not entirely sure. Because I thought I remembered like all of these, you know, uh, women of uh, just iconic women were. She died passed- right after. She died right after. Okay, yeah, September fifth. Yeah, I knew that they were like right around the same time. Yeah, I. I don't remember what I was doing, but I remember um, that it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and and all the song came out, and mm-hmm. all the the it was all over the news. Yeah, yes, I definitely remember the new "Candle in the Wind" dropping, which I learned to this day is the number one best selling single. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Upon her passing, the ambassador to France notified the royal family via the Queen's private secretary. According to royal biographer Penny Junior, Prince Charles's reaction to the news was to ask, They're all going to blame me, aren't they? That doesn't seem very sensitive. This is all about you. Mm. <laughs> but, I mean, if you know the media's feelings, not the media, but the public's feeling toward you that mm-hmm. everybody was Team Diana, they would assume that. Oh, I'm and sure they, he went into uh, to survival mode pretty quick. Diana's butler and longtime friend, Paul Burel, heard that the accident was fatal, according to Diana the Royal Truth. He headed to Paris and was taken straight to the hospital by the British ambassador. He was able to see her in the bed and take possession of the clothes she was wearing. By then, she had already been embalmed, as stated in the MPS report. Yeah, he tells about how it was just the very first call was she's been in an accident and then when he heard it was fatal jumped in an airplane took the red eye got there as soon as possible and then that he said she you know he was in the room with her and you know holding her hand Mm -hmm. and he said you know you can just feel when somebody's spirit is gone but Mm -hmm. i also felt like she was still watching over me and i still felt like i had i had that obligation responsibility as the that butler that person that was always there for her to make sure that she would have her dignity all the way until when she was uh, finally buried absolutely and you never know who's going to get a hold of that stuff and then try yeah. and sell it and mm-hmm. you know prince william 15 and prince harry 12 were on holiday at the family's scottish estate in balmoral when they received the devastating news in the hbo documentary diana our mother her life and legacy harry recalls his short-lived phone conversation with his mother mere hours before her death I can't really necessarily remember what I said, but I do remember uh, probably, you know, regretting for the rest of my life how short the phone call was. And if I'd known that was the last time I was going to speak with my mother, just the things I would have said to her. Oh, this stuff is Mm -hmm. hard. Oh, I think about this kind of stuff all the time because there's been people in my life that I've lost and I'll think about the last phone conversation we had or the last Mm -hmm. time we saw them and you never think it's the last time. So, yeah, you know, it's just... Although one when the last time I saw my great grandmother when I was in high school, I had this feeling that it was going to be the last time I saw her. Oh wow! And we were in the car dropping her off where she lived, and I had this feeling: this is the last time you're going to see her. Wow. And so I got out of the car, which normally I wouldn't do, and like went and like got out to give her a hug and everything. And that was the last time I saw her. Yeah, I mean, you you think to yourself, I'm going to always talk to everybody. In a mm-hmm. kind way, like it's the last time I ever saw him. But you just can't, you know, and they can't live like that. He no. was 12. You know, he was 12. And they both said they were out playing with their cousins mm-hmm. and running around. And they're like, love you, mom. Talk to you later. You know, you just take for granted you're going to talk to her again. And 
I think at the time they were both asleep when the news came through and they mm-hmm. said, let's let them, you know, wake up in the morning and tell them then. Ugh. But crushing. Crushing for sure. After the accident, Queen Elizabeth II went to Balmoral to be with her grandsons. While some say this is the reason it took five days for the royal family to make a statement about Diana's passing, others criticized the family for taking so long. Eventually, on September 9, 1997, the Queen addressed the nation in her first live broadcast since the Gulf War in 1991, according to Oprah Daily. In her speech, she said in part, First, I want to pay tribute to Diana myself. She was an exceptional and gifted human being. In good times and bad, she never lost her capacity to smile and laugh, to inspire others with her warmth and kindness. I admired and respected her for her energy and commitment to others, especially for her devotion to her two boys. What are your thoughts on five days? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) Paul Burrell (laughs) says, not that he's the absolute... Uh, well, authority. it's like your hairdresser. Celebrities hairdressers exactly. know all the tea. So That's, he's essentially her hairdresser. That's why I, I like his in- input because he was her best friend mm-hmm. at the time. You know, one of her best friends at the time. And he's particularly irked that they stripped her of her royal highness mm-hmm. status and believes that at first they were going to treat it more as a, well, isn't that a shame? She passed away and less of a royal fanfare, but the outpouring of support was just overwhelming Mm -hmm. that there was banners attached to fences at Buckingham Palace that said, we love Diana or love Diana. Mm -hmm. And he said, those never got taken down. And I think it's because if they did, it would be a real bad look. Oh, yeah. Yes. Real bad look. So I think you, again, they're at least somewhat learning, although then with the whole, you know, towards the end, we'll talk about Meghan Markle. You have to kind of you you do what you do. You're the traditions that you follow the traditions you want to follow, but you also have to read the room. And yeah. in this case, the room was overwhelmingly, we need to celebrate her life. We need to mourn her passing. And they finally got on the train. I think traveling to Balmoral is a good, you know, excuse. Mm-hmm. But easily you could say we are shocked and devastated by this loss. We'll have more to say later. Yeah. But something. But... Yeah, it seemed like those five days may have been used to get all their ducks in a row and figure out how they were going to spin this. But the the nation was grieving. I mean, it would be like immediately if, if the well, not that. Uh, well, I mean, now now people are more on board. With, if the vice president died and mm-hmm. the president waited five days to say something about that, everyone would be like, "What the fuck is going on?" I mean, we're even send like people formal. into a tailspin. I would say even like former, if Michelle Obama died and they didn't say anything for five days or Laura Bush or somebody that's, you know, I would say probably more Michelle Obama. She's got more of a, you know, public persona type, Mm -hmm. you know, people love her books and they love her children's books and everything that if the current regime didn't say anything, it's, it's weird. It would. You would think that they were, that something, there was more to the story. They were trying Mm -hmm. to cover something up. It would bring more anxiety than if they just addressed it. Speaking of Michelle Obama, you probably don't watch this because it's a kid's show, but they have the Obamas produced a new kid's show on Netflix called Waffles and Mochi. I've and heard it, it but I haven't seen so it. so cute, and Michelle Obama is in it, and it is, it's so very cute. Oh, yeah. I've, I should watch it, even though I don't have kids. <laughs> I, Ella lost interest, and I sat there and watched two episodes by myself <laughs> because it was just so interesting. Each episode focuses on a different... Um, thing in, involving cooking 
Oh, nice. So, like, one of them, and just being, like, healthy, one of them, it was all about salt. So they went mm. to all these, like, salt mines and salt flats. It was so fascinating. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So just shout out to the Obamas. Can't shout them out enough. <laughs> While the royal family mourned, an entire nation grieved right alongside them. A sea of flowers, posters, stuffed animals, and letters were left outside the gates of Kensington Palace. Hundreds of thousands of people gathered in central London on the day of her funeral, many wearing T-shirts that bore the princess's smiling face as they held each other and wept. Lord Victor Adebowale, CEO of Turning Point, a charity that focuses on assisting those with mental health struggles and substance abuse issues, told the documentarians of Diana, our mother, her life and legacy. People wanted to actually physically be near her, and I think that was because her humanity spoke to their humanity. Regardless of the difference in class, the difference in life experience, they saw something of themselves in her. The pictures of the flowers in front of the palette. I mean, it's got to be a football field length from the gates out of just flowers and stuffed animals, candles. People wrote her personal letters about how they had touched her life, mm-hmm. children. I mean, it's just the outpouring was unprecedented. And William and Harry have both said, we knew that people would be upset, but we had no idea it would receive the type of attention that it did. I mean, it was 20 feet deep, a long, yeah. long st- football field stretch out 20 feet mm-hmm. deep of just flowers. And not just there, it was Kensington Palace, Buckingham Palace, mm-hmm. areas of central London, her parents' house. I mean, just anywhere that they felt a connection to her. Mm-hmm. On September 6, 1997, the Princess of Wales was laid to rest. 750 million had watched Diana get married on TV in 1981. Now, 16 years later, 2.5 billion watched her funeral procession. As the coffin was carried from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Cathedral, William, Harry, Prince Charles, and Diana's brother, Charles, walked behind it, solemnly. Harry, who has only in recent years begun to open up about the effect his mother's death had on him, told Newsweek in 2017 of the experience. My mother had just died and I had to walk a long way behind her coffin, surrounded by thousands of people watching me while millions more did on television. I don't think any child should be asked to do that under any circumstances, and I don't think it would happen today. The footage from this is heartbreaking. Just their faces, especially Harry, you can just see the pain and loss in his eyes. And he said, I think in the Oprah interview, or may have been a different interview, that he's only cried twice since mm-hmm. it happened. And and it took years from when it did happen for him to actually cry because he just bottled it all up and it really affected his mental health. And that's kind of why he spun out and got really wild, mm-hmm. you know, after uh, his time in the army. And he was kind of the, the bad boy of the royal family and everything. Mm-hmm. But then he started coming to terms with it, and now he's an advocate for mental health awareness and everything because he's realized the damage it can do when you just bottle your emotions up like that and you don't grieve and mourn properly. And being 12 and having to be thrust on the stage, and you do see William is a little bit older and is kind of glad-handing, doing his royal duty, which I'm sure did a number on him as well, just to be handshaking and and you do want to be grateful and say thanks everybody but you can do that in a statement not make a 12 year old kid Mm -hmm. walk wrecked i mean inside they're just devastated and they can't process it because it's not 
we're going to go to the funeral so you can grieve your mother's loss. It's You have to make an appearance at the funeral because two and a half billion people are watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. William did say that when his grandmother came to Balmoral, she really tried to protect them from the press. Mm-hmm. And back then, you know, the internet was just kind of getting big and there was no social media or anything like that. So they were luckily shielded in that way. But like you said... If you just want to grieve privately and you've got an entire nation watching you, it's I, I, I can't even begin to relate to that. Yeah, it's uh, it's a burden that not anybody should be asked to carry, much less a 12 year old. Mm-hmm. Charles spoke at his sister's funeral, saying it is a point to remember that of all the ironies about Diana, perhaps the greatest was this. A girl given the name of the ancient goddess of hunting was, in the end, the most hunted person of the modern age. Earl Spencer also vowed to protect William and Harry from a similar fate. Yeah, his speech about her is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that is a very good point that she was the most hunted person and that's what led to this. Yeah. Diana's coffin was buried in a grave on a small island off of the Spencer family estate. Paul Burrell noticed that the placard on her coffin stated... Diana, Princess of Wales, not Her Royal Highness. He found it interesting that the royal family couldn't even bestow her title back on her in death, according to Diana, the royal truth. Again, like you said with the hairdresser, I mean, he's obviously staunchly pro-Diana and had a lot of, you couldn't even do the bare minimum of giving her title back. He also talked about Charles is kind of awkward at the funeral, Uh, not Earl Spencer, Prince Charles. Yes. Was awkward at the funeral lunch and was kind of, I guess maybe just we all process grief differently was kind of joking around about the garden and asking about, you know, things at the Spencer family estate that wasn't as solemn as maybe some Mm. people would have expected. But that, yeah, Paul was one of the last ones to put, you know, throw a handful of dirt on her coffin and say goodbye and noticing that they could not give her HRH back. In 2004, Operation Paget was launched by the British Metropolitan Police to investigate the various conspiracy theories surrounding the death of Diana. The nearly 900-page report explores and details numerous theories that could have contributed to the accident. Unsurprisingly, the paparazzi's involvement is mentioned heavily. Yeah, they go through 130, 140 conspiracy theories just each in turn and respectfully address them. It's very impressive. Yes. I also, I mean, if you Google conspiracy theories, Princess Die Death... The most you'll usually get is 10, 15. Mm-hmm. I, there's ones in there that, I mean, they're not even making it to the internet. And they took the time to say, no, this is not right. We're going to, no stone shall be left unturned. I was very impressed that they didn't just say, that's nutty. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> they said, some people think that it was, you know, these, and we'll get into them all. And they broke them down multi pages. Mm-hmm. They would address each element and they really, Really did the yeah. the princess her her justice, but I mean it did also cost a lot of money to the sure British sure, people. sure 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 sure. Stephane Darman, a driver of one of the motorcycles that chased Princess Di that fateful night, told Oprah Daily that when the Mercedes crashed, none of the paparazzi present attempted to help those inside the car. Just weeks earlier, grainy pictures of Diana and Dodie kissing on his yacht were being sold for five hundred thousand euros each. When photographers opened the car door and found the princess clinging to life, they saw a money-making opportunity rather than a duty to help. 
Witnesses also told authorities that they saw several photographers climb onto the mangled car to take pictures of those inside as they lay dying. Horrifying that they exist. This, you are a special brand of shitty if this is how, what you decide to do when you come upon a scene like this, that you arguably just caused. Yeah, and especially, it's it's not like, oh, it's a burning building and I can't run in and save them, mm-hmm. so I'm going to take a photo. It's, you could open the door and hold somebody's hand. Sure, yeah. You, no one's asking you to drag them out. In fact, you probably shouldn't because mm-hmm. who knows if their neck's broken, you don't want to move them. But taking so many pictures that Darman said... Because the way they would work on the motorcycles is there'd be a driver and then there'd be a photographer that rode on the back and the driver would pull up and the photographer would jump off and take pictures. So the one who he was driving for, who was named Rat, yikes, jumps off, once runs up, opens the car door. He's like, she's still alive and starts just snapping photos. And then everyone else does. And Darman said he couldn't even see the car anymore at that point point because the flashes were going off so much from the cameras that it was just blinding light and you're just in an accident and now you're being blown up like that Mm -hmm. like you it's disorienting it hurts your eyes Mm -hmm. it's i'm sure your heart rates increase because you're basically being attacked and you're just wondering what just happened why isn't anyone helping me Mm -mm. i'm in pain what the i mean yeah it's complete and to i just I'm so glad I'm not the type of person that would ever come upon a horrific scene like that and think, you know what? I'm going to make bank if I sell some of these photos of this. That's disgusting. Yeah, there's no. And then, too, who they're not going to publish them, are they? I mean, maybe they are. Maybe some. And there were. I bet they would on the deep web. Yeah. Well, that, too. In in 1997, there were three or four French tabloids that had no qualms about publishing Mm -hmm. them. And I think there were some uh, retractions and, and blurred photos later on that came out. But I can't imagine doing that. No. I can't, it's dirty money. It's cursed money. It is. Immediately following the accident, seven paparazzi at the scene were arrested and questioned by French authorities on the charges of gross negligence. Three days later, three more paparazzi were arrested, bringing the total to ten. Manslaughter charges were brought against nine of them to chase the Mercedes and taken pictures of the crash, according to the New York Times. There were also people that you can see when they are, you know, getting the tow truck in there to move the the car and everything. There's just people standing on the bridge up top looking down. Mm-hmm. Just And they said that when a lot, because people heard the crash, when they came over and paparazzi were taking pictures, they were even getting fights with the paparazzi. Like physical fights with them, trying to get them to stop. Yeah. I mean, and that's some type of citizen trying to step in. But if there's 500,000 euros on the line. Mm-hmm. Oh, more. If the yeah. pictures of them kissing, I mean, I'm sure they all they saw were dollar signs, not people. The official NPS report included statements from several other drivers who had been inside the tunnel. Two drivers stated they saw a motorcycle with two people riding. Speed past Diana's Mercedes. Reese Jones, the only survivor of the crash, said at the 2007 inquest into the accident that the only thing he really remembers very clearly was a motorcycle in the tunnel. That's pretty much uh, accepted that there was some type of motorcycle that either ran them off the road or flashed the flash in the driver's face or mm-hmm. something, because that's the one thing that he can recall. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot of um, 
different stories or people misremembering or remembering things differently as far as what types of car were there. Some said there was a black Fiat. Some said there was a white Fiat. Some said that there were just motorcycles. There was So the judge was like, there, it's really hard to be able to tell mm-hmm. what's going on because, as we've all said, our eyes and memories are trash. But it was pretty accepted that there was at least one motorcycle that was probably involved. While the paparazzi were eventually found not guilty on charges of manslaughter, three of them were found guilty on invasion of privacy. As reported by the LA Times, these men were symbolically fined one euro each by the court and had to pay for their convictions to be publicly announced in three newspapers or magazines. So it's a little bit like the sandwich board punishment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, and I never saw why they all weren't found guilty of invasion of privacy. I wonder if those were the three that were taking the pictures of the Mm -hmm. right up in there. Despite the findings from Operation Paget, concluding the tragedy was an accident. Conspiracy theorists have been unwilling to accept this ruling. Some believe Henri Paul, the driver of the Mercedes, had been tipping off the paparazzi as to the location of the princess. During the 2007 inquest, after the findings of Operation Paget were released, Inspector Carpenter showed CCTV footage to the court, saying, You will see Henri Paul exit at the back of the hotel, and when you watch the sequence, you will see him raise his hand as if waving to the paparazzi across the road. If you look at the paparazzi, you will see one of them raises his camera. As reported by The Guardian. Paparazzi Christian Martinez told French police, Henri Paul was going much too fast. Maybe he swerved to avoid a vehicle that was traveling very slowly in front of him. Then he lost control of the car. To this, the coroner pointed out, If you think that's what happened, you may like to ask how Martinez could have known that. Boom. Mm. (laughs) Done did it on him. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people thought he was working for um, the hotel or working for other agencies. He did... So he got off at 7 from his shift. He doesn't come back to the hotel until 10. Mm -hmm. So there's a three-hour window there where no one really knows what he was doing. As we'll Mm -hmm. see, it looks like he was probably drinking quite heavily. Mm -hmm. There's other theories as to what he may have been doing during that time, too. Well, and Mohammed Al-Fayed owned the hotel, Mm -hmm. so technically employed this person, if you employed a person who then you found out was tipping people off, then it would seem like a vast conspiracy to you. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, you're Mohammed Al-Fayed. You want your son to be with Diana because he owned Mohammed owned Harrods. I think it raised to their brand. Sure. Why wouldn't you tip the paparazzi off that that's where they're going to be? So there'd be more photos of him and Dodie or her and Dodie. That's a good point. There are those who also believe Paul had been paid off by the MI6, the UK's secret intelligence service, to assassinate Diana and Dodie. Richard Tomlinson, a former MI6 officer, told reporters at the time that he had seen Paul's file and could confirm he was an informant. He went on to say, It's been well established that he went missing for two or three hours the night of his death. According to USA Today. So there's that. So Mm -hmm. he's either off drinking because he thinks he's off work and then he gets called back saying we need a driver Mm -hmm. here's the deal we're trying to stage this thing so we lose the media or 
he's off talking to the Secret Service because he's involved in something much bigger than anyone knew at the time. He's getting his instructions, possibly. Mm -hmm. It's also, though, uh, Tomlinson, this wasn't the first time he had tried to throw his former uh, employers under the bus by making kind of ludicrous claims against them. So a lot of people said, this guy... He's just blowing smoke up everybody's ass, trying to get his five minutes fame. Just because you said it to USA Today doesn't mean it's true. You know, anybody can say anything. Sure. Paul had also been found with a large amount of cash on him the night of the accident. Authorities also discovered he had $250,000 in his bank account, significantly more than the thirty-five grand he made per year as security manager of the Ritz Hotel. This furthered conspiracy theorists' beliefs that he had been a paid informant. Or he was taking a cut from the paparazzi. Or he won the lottery. He had a gambling addiction. I don't know. Or he was just a good saver. Or his, yeah, or his uncle passed away and he had a, <laughs> a happened to have Uncle Pennywise send money to him. Mm-hmm. While it was never proven Henri Paul was directly involved with the death of Princess Diana or Dodi Fayed, it was confirmed that he was driving under the influence. When tested, his BAC was 1.75 grams per liter or 0.228% on the U.S. scale. More than double the legal limit. That's significant. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I think that is, I mean, what my opinion would be is it's a combination, which is what the MPS report said, uh, that it was a tragic accident caused by him being super drunk and being distracted and the paparazzi getting in the way. Other people think he it was not properly metabolized in his blood and that it was somehow added or forced into him again there's a lot of people on tiktok just say whatever they want that he was forced to drink that he wasn't he was drugged essentially ah so it wasn't necessarily alcohol but something that showed on the toxicology report as alcohol that was Uh, given to him exactly i don't know what magic substance that is but it's out there i went down a whole tiktok diana conspiracy rabbit hole we'll we'll later i'll get to the more alrighty wild ones at the conclusion of the French investigation, Dodi's father, Mohammed Al-Fayed, sent a letter to the coroner of the Queen's household, the official responsible for the bodies of both Diana and Dodi. His letter detailed his opinion that his son was murdered by, quote, the establishment, particularly his royal highness, Prince Philip, who used the royal security services to carry out the plot. This would kind of become his obsession. The Mercedes driven that night had been stolen just four months earlier, according to the BBC. And had undergone extensive repairs to its electrical systems in the intervening months, bringing into question the damning letter Diana had written to Paul Burel months before her death, claiming Prince Charles was orchestrating a fatal car crash. Interesting. But it is. There's a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. And again, I mean, it's not saying it's impossible, but to... Get them to maybe if you do have an MI6 person on the on the scene too, but to get them to go from the protected safe Mercedes to this tampered with allegedly or I guess just poorly repaired Mercedes. Yeah, it's a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, a lot. If if this was your plan, you would have to be banking on nothing went wrong and everything went right in order for you to achieve your ultimate goal. Mohammed believed staunchly that Henri Paul's blood was switched with that of another corpse, which he supported by the large quantity of carbon monoxide present in the toxicology report, according to the NPS report. In Diana, her true story, in her own words, 
It is written that Muhammad eventually spent five million pounds and hundreds of thousands of man hours in an effort to prove that his son and Diana were murdered. And I wonder if partially he does believe that. And the other half of it was it's your hotel. It's your head of security who was wasted driving your kid and killed them. And you didn't keep them safe. And now Mm -hmm. you're looking for an answer, a scapegoat, someone else to blame. So you don't feel that pain that you could have protected them more. I'm not saying I Mo- think I'm, that makes sense. I'm not saying Muhammad could have done more to protect him. Maybe he could have, you know, like we said earlier, security, hotel, whatever. He did not cause them to die. But I imagine as a father of a beloved yes. son that you would take that guilt on and say, oh, my God, I should have done more. Well, now I'm I'm going to do more. I'm going to solve this thing. Or and I, I totally can see that. You also may be thinking from a business perspective, this looks real bad because it was my head of security that caused that people are saying caused this and so again does he really believe it does is it uh is it really a lie if you if you believe it mm-hmm. george Costanza style you know there's a lot of reasons that um he could have dedicated his life's work after this to trying to prove something that inevitably wasn't provable that's a good point of and of you know agency liability if it's it's not just some random guy that was driving them it's him the hotel owner so Mm -hmm. the hotel's responsibility that their head of security was carting two hotel guests or was it dad's worker off hours was carting around his son so Mm -hmm. it's like a question of but i mean it doesn't seem like the royal family or you know anybody was trying to go after him no further muhammad believed diana to be pregnant with dodie's child a fact which prompted him to believe mi6 or other british authorities ordered her prematurely embalmed to obscure any positive pregnancy test results. However, according to the NPS report, a French hospital official stated they embalmed her because Prince Charles was on her way to view her body. And another French official stated if she had been embalmed, it would have been at the request of the British. Samples of Diana's blood were also taken from the floorboard of the Mercedes. The results showed no presence of the hormone HCG, meaning she had not been pregnant. This was pretty wild. Yeah. A lot of people criticized, well, they didn't test her to see if she was pregnant. And everyone's like, that's because it's not common practice to Mm -mm. give a dead person a pregnancy test. Mm -mm. But they said the embalming wouldn't allow for a blood test to be done and they couldn't do a urine test or anything. But they went back and did studies to see can old blood be used to do a blood test for pregnancy and the results were yes so they took her blood from the floorboard of the mercedes and tested it and to me that is just egregious it's above why it's it's not anybody's business if she was pregnant if she was then that you know it it doesn't even matter now Mm -hmm. it's just it's kind of just uh it's invasive extra yes yes it's icky that you would go to those links to try and get just this salacious information that inevitably didn't matter yeah and you you do start to see that uh there's the conspiracy start grasping at straws and you know she got involved to hide that she was pregnant she got involved because it was august and mm-hmm. they needed to have her laid out for Prince Charles. And also, again, the the NPS report goes into detail that, I mean, this is not like her body got taken to somebody's house and one single person was watching over it. It's a whole full hospital full of people. Mm-hmm. And they did say it's common diplomatic practice that if a, a 
authority figure, you know, a person of the state of a different state is killed, that they defer to the other state, the foreign power of what do you want us to do with them? And they did that here. And that they said there's a zero percent chance she would have embalmed, been embalmed without the royal family saying, yeah, go ahead and do it. And they think that it was then the NPS concludes that it was because she was going to be viewed so much. She had to be transported. Her body had been already out for that long. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, there's a lot of pieces that I think don't fit into a conspiracy theory that you can see. Again, the NPS report is 900 pages long. Mm-hmm. And to to their credit, when most government agencies would go, this is a bunch of cock, you know, whatever, not cockamamie. This is cockamamie. Yeah. Yeah. That this is ir- irrational. They they take every irrational thing to its most. It's Sherlock Holmesian. And they say mm-hmm. this would require 30 different doctors to be in on a scam. Yeah. No, it's yeah. Sometimes the simplest answer is is the right one. Mohammed even said that he like went publicly and said she called me on the day of her death to tell me about the pregnancy i know that she was pregnant they orchestrated the they the royal family orchestrated this because they knew that Dodie and diana were going to be getting engaged and they didn't want the heirs to the throne having a muslim stepfather was his whole reason and and motive what he thought was their motive and everything but I I understand a father's grief is has got to be something just next level, but I I think he was grasping at some straws. I, and I think based on her short limited amount of time that she knew Dodie yeah. and the statements of those that were genuinely closest to her and not the father of the deceased guy, that they were not as serious as he made it yeah. sound. He made it sound like they were just head over heels, madly in love, and. Paul Burel said she called me the day before and said, I'm dreadfully bored. He's yeah. fine. He's really nice, but I just want to get home. It wasn't like, I can't wait. I don't want my time with Dodie to end. I love him so much. I can't mm-hmm. wait to have his babies. It was, he's fine. No, that's why she flew on the Herod's jet is because she wanted to get home because yes. she she wasn't having that great of a time. She was done. So, and yeah. that's why she wore the, you know, was going to wear the ring on the right hand and everything because mm-hmm. she wasn't. But I think, again, you dress it up if you're a grieving father. You want to say they were star-crossed lovers, and mm-hmm. that way your son didn't just die in vain. Yeah. Right in yeah. the back of a car with a lady who was lukewarm about him. Mm-hmm. Mohammed Al-Fayed was also suspicious that the traffic cameras along the route and in the tunnel did not capture footage of the car. Statements by officials in the MPS report indicate the cameras in the tunnel are manually operated by staff, and that staff went home at 11 p.m. that night, and there is no night staff. Other cameras along the way were not pointed at traffic per French officials. That's another one where they said, oh, the cameras were erased. And they said it was just not digital. Yeah. Like human beings sat there and watched them and turned them off when they went at home. Much to Fayette's disappointment, a jury determined in 2008 that Dodie and Diana were killed by the gross negligence of both driver Henri Paul and the members of the paparazzi chasing the vehicle. According to Diana, her true story in her own words. Paul Burel also believes it was a tragic accident, saying in the documentary Diana the Royal Truth. No one would sign an order to murder the mother of the future King of England. Who would want to murder Diana? I can't believe that. In 2019, top forensic pathologist Dr. Richard Shepard concluded in his book Unnatural Causes that an extremely small and badly placed tear in a vein in Diana's lung caused her death and explained why she was conscious and talking before losing consciousness and dying suddenly. 
Shepard also stated that if she had been wearing a seatbelt, she would have survived the crash. That is a punch to the gut if you're her kids. Yeah. Hearing that. uh, And then on one hand, you think it's horrifying that there was literally nothing they could have done except for, you know, absent wearing a seatbelt, but that it may help a little bit to think because then all those what ifs are kind of taken, you know, off the table of what if she had gotten to the hospital? He said, you know, even if she had gotten there, I mean, it would have had to been they would have had to know immediately. That's what it was, because it was just so the vein was just so hidden. Yeah. Yeah. He said it was so uncommon that they could have named it after her because Mm -hmm. he had never seen it before. Yeah. Of course, there are some that refuse to believe the princess died that night at all. Rather, they insist she faked her own death and is still alive today. One conspiracy theory perpetuated by online users is that Diana may either be in Canada or Australia, living in peace with occasional visits from her sons. Some claim that she was even spotted at both Harry and Williams's weddings. This was the tic-tac, tic-tac, rabbit hole. Tic-tac. The TikTok rabbit hole I went down of the Diana conspiracies and people would say, oh, I saw her at a resort. I saw her at a restaurant. I heard her. I saw this woman that looked a lot like her and said, you look like Princess Diana. And she looked down and batted her eyes and said, oh, thank you so much. I get that all the time. And they could overhear her saying Wombat and Ginger, which were uh, Harry and William is Wombat and Ginger's Harry's nicknames that she missed Wombat and Ginger it's just people on the internet. Like, who? Yeah. I saw Princess Diana last week at a 7-Eleven. Like, I have no, yeah, no. What what flavor of slushy did she get? Girl, you know, she got Dr. Pepper. She's in Texas. <laughs> She's not playing. You don't come all the way to Texas to get a Slurpee and just get a Mm-mm. Coca-Cola. Come on now. Mm-mm. But yeah, it's all just uh, people on the internet saying whatever they want. So yeah. I think if, if for some reason she were still alive, there would be no way that the kids wouldn't know. Like, there's no. a 0% chance. Someone else said, oh... One of her foot soldiers was my mom's cousin's uncle's friend who saw Ferris Bueller pass out at 31 Flavors last night. Mm -hmm. And he said that, you know, weeks before she left, that she was in the Kensington Palace in the room with the guy, with the boy saying, I'm sorry, Wombat. I'm sorry, Ginger. This is just how it has to be. But again, it's my best friend's sister's brother's boyfriends. Yeah. yeah, It just goes down a long list of who. And even if even if that was said, who's to say what she was talking about? Yeah, She's like, I have to go on a vacation. Or yeah, exactly. you guys have to go back to this boarding school that you hate. We can't switch you to a new one. Yeah. You know, you don't know what the context was. You're exactly right. So, and then other people say that they see a woman that's blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, elegant, living in that area around uh, where, you know, William and Kate live and that she's seen shopping and that everyone just leaves her alone because they know it's safer for her. And they, that's just, I think, a fantasy we would all like. I think we would want that. Yeah. We want to think that she can still hang out with her kids and that she's finally at peace and finally happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My question with any conspiracy theory, as is yours that we've talked about, is why? Like, who would yeah. benefit from this? Yeah. And, um, she wanted to dedicate her life to her humanitarian work and her sons. Mm-hmm. If she's having to live in secrecy, she can't do anything except secretly donate to charities that she supports. Mm-hmm. And she can't like um, as publicly be with her family as she wanted. There's not one cell of me that thinks that she faked her death and is still alive yeah like i said the only thing is if they knew that she was still alive and could go visit her you know in canada or australia or something but you just see the pain in their faces yeah and how they struggle with it they're either really 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 good actors or they're 
they lost their mom. Yeah, nah. I think there's a zero percent chance she faked her death and never talked to her kids again. Yeah, I for think sure. she would rather have died than than done that than hurt them yeah. like that. Alternatively, another conspiracy theory posits that Diana heard about what Jeffrey Epstein was doing and knew of Prince Andrew's involvement. The conspiracy quickly devolves into QAnon-related claims, including that Diana is on a secret island alongside JFK Jr., Elvis, and Michael Jackson, where they live together safe from the upper echelon child predators they work to stop. I asked myself, how many TikTok videos am I going to go through before I hit QAnon? And it was 41, turns out. <laughs> I, I can't believe you watched 41 of them. Oh, I kept watching after that, too. I was into <laughs> this. I was, I've watched a lot of... Uh, Loose. That's the thing, though. It's funny because you'll have this video where someone goes, a uh, person DM me, and it's just like uncorroborated. And you want, I mean, if you want that thrill of that you're seeing that Princess Diana is really alive. And one time I was at Kensington Palace, and this person said this thing to me, and it has 900,000 views. You know, and you're like, well, that's, uh, let's hope that everybody that watches that takes it with a grain of salt, but maybe not. Yeah. I mean, you can just kind of say whatever you want. So, yeah, it mm-hmm. took, it took a turn that she told Prince Charles, oh my gosh, Jeffrey Epstein and Prince Andrew are doing this horrible stuff. And Charles said, oh my gosh, you can't out Prince Andrew. He's the queen's favorite. Now that you know they're going to kill you, for the boy's sake, let me save you. I'll send you to this island. The royal family and other, I'm assuming the Rothschilds are involved. They always are. All these rich families, like five or ten rich families, fund this private island where JFK and Elvis and everybody lives in peace and harmony. I would also like to argue that Michael Jackson should not be there. Probably not. No, I don't if, know why uh, that. If they're that. trying to live together from the child predators, they work to stop. Yeah, one. there's one among us. Mm-hmm. The questions surrounding that August night in 1997 plague a nation to this day. All the evidence collected by French authorities was gathered in a 6,000-page dossier. Under French law, it will remain confidential until 2082, according to the Daily Mirror. Perhaps new information will come to light at that time. As of 2017, the Mercedes was inside a shipping container in a French junkyard, according to The Sun. Yeah, it was sad. It was getting carted back and forth between France and the UK because it brought it to the UK for the Inquisition and let the jury walk around it and see it. And then that's the last place I could find yeah, a source where it was. Um, it is. It is. It's It's just bizarre and that it would just be in a French junkyard. You'd think it would be in a... Not a museum, but in a police station or something yeah. somewhere in an evidence evidence place. Like the royal family would lock it up somewhere. Mm-hmm. No one was more affected by Diana's death than her sons. Just after her passing, Paul Burel asked both William and Harry what memento they wanted of their mothers. William chose her Cartier watch, given to her by Charles for her 21st birthday. Harry chose Diana's sapphire engagement ring. Later, when William was to propose to Kate Middleton... Harry gave the ring to his brother, ensuring that a part of their mother would eventually sit on the throne, according to Diana, the royal truth. Commenting on this act, Burel said, Harry gave up his precious treasure, his one thing he kept from his mother he gave to his brother. That's selfless, kind, and exactly who Diana was. Later, William gave Harry the Cartier watch, which Harry then gifted to his bride, Meghan Markle, according to Vanity Fair. That is sweet, though, that her ring. Oh, will, yes. Her ring will be the, the queen ring. Yeah, well, because Harry knows I'm even if I get married, my chances of me being on the throne because it, of the succession are not going to happen. Just as Harry saw to it that part of his mother would eventually sit on the throne, 
He has also seen to it that he and his wife will not be victims of a similar fate at the hands of the press. In 2020, the couple stepped down from royal duties and moved to California to start a new life. In their recent bombshell interview with Oprah, jaw-dropping allegations were revealed about their treatment from both the royal family and the UK media, of which the latter viciously targeted Meghan. Harry told Oprah, My biggest concern was history repeating itself. Parallels between Princess Diana and Meghan Markle have been drawn by many. Harry has also seen the similarities in their situations, telling Oprah, I think she saw it coming. I certainly felt her presence throughout this whole process. And, you know, for me, I'm just really relieved and happy to be sitting there with you, my wife, by my side, because I can't imagine what it would have been like for her going through this process by herself. At at least we had each other. He said he couldn't even they couldn't have left if it hadn't been for the money she left them to. Mm -hmm. And Tyler Perry. Yes, they stayed at Tyler Perry's house and he provided them security. Yeah. Yeah. So even now she is her uh, legacy is being carried on. But the impact that she made on her sons is still just so apparent today. Mm -hmm. And they're still like you said, you see William going to meeting with uh, unhoused Mm -hmm. people in London and, you know, shaking everybody's hands and being, you know, obviously COVID measures and things like that. But really continuing that on and then Harry continuing on with the AIDS charities and with the mental health charities. And I think that that's, that would make her happy to know that her kids, that she raised two good kids. And I think too, you know, Harry and Megan leaving the, the Royal family and leaving the country and things. I I think at no point would Diana say, Oh, you have to be unhappy to do your Royal duty. I think she'd be like, bail dude, go for it. You know, I agree. Yeah. It is a, it's it's sad that Harry and William's relationship is being affected by all of this True. because you know they're they've been through so much and from such a young age and everything so I hope that they can mend some fences and heal I'm sure there's a whole bunch of layers to that 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 people don't know about I mean all you see are, is what they allow you to see which is a ton yeah and what the the but there's still stuff that goes on privately and behind closed doors and in the you know when you go to bed at night that only you know about and stuff Mm -hmm. that none of us are privy to as it should be yeah they should still have a private life probably more than of one than they than they do another tiktok rabbit hole i fell down was megan markle is a monster and it was i don't know 20 or 30 tiktoks of somebody being like megan markle tricked her way into the royal family and it just to me for all that to be true harry has to be very stupid and it's very disrespectful to him to think that he could mm-hmm. be taken over by some genius conniving woman. And she could also just do her thing and he does his thing and then he fell in love and they decided this together. Like, yeah, he's also not a complete idiot. <laughs> he's no, especially I think he's very smart, super smart. And having seen what his mom went through and they're saying mm-hmm. she's a master manipulator and he's just a jellyfish in her grips. I don't think that's true. I think they we've seen that the UK press and you know, our press openly be you treat her differently, be racist against her. The avocado thing especially was particularly oh, yeah. like, was Kate eats well. healthy avocados. Meghan Markle eats death fruit that kills a thousand people <laughs> yeah. a day. So I don't think that's unreasonable. Now, you know, they said she, what was it? She uh, is a social climber. Aren't we all, yeah. you know, she's an actress. Yeah. She's trying to get out there. She was trying to, Make connections and networking. Literally, that's called networking. Like, whatever industry you're in, we're all networking. It's weird and hopefully somewhat sincere, but sometimes it's not. But, yeah, the idea that he was some schmuck that got duped by this actress, I found it to be 
quite insulting to his intelligence, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people do not like her. In yeah. fact, the um, the there was a poll done and like one out of every four Brits did not believe what the accusations that she made on the Oprah interview. Oh, what? That they said the baby's going to be dark? Anything, she said. Mm. Like the majority of the people this that this poll said have... One of every four did not believe any of the accusations they made. Well, there you go. Well, that's their right. So, yeah, I mean, people tried to pit her and Kate Middleton against each other. And as Megan says in the Oprah interview, just because you love one of us doesn't mean you have to hate the other. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, you know, you don't have to be Team Kate or Team Megan. You can just love Kate and then be indifferent to Megan. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to actively hate her because she isn't Kate. Yeah. I don't know much about her, um, but because of that, I can't say that she is a social climber and out, you know, using him for everything and made him leave the royal family to further her own gain and everything. I don't know enough about it to, and my, but like you said, that would mean that he just um, saw no red flags and said, fuck it. Mm-hmm. And abandon his family. And I don't think you just do that willy nilly. Yeah, especially because it sounds like he has a great relationship with his grandmother. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. you know, you don't take that lightly to uh, to bail out of it. And of course, well, like we always say, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Sure. Yeah. Well, so what do we think as far as theories go? You know me, I like a good wild conspiracy theory. But the humanity and empathy in me will not allow me to believe wild thing. you know it's mm-hmm. it seems so it just seems so disrespectful and mm-hmm. and i can't even think of the word for it you know no i think disrespectful is I was, the word i was so touched and moved by that diana our mother with the interviews with them and they weren't you know it's a little bit of a royal fluff piece right it's like look how great the prince and you know the princes are but also, they genuinely miss their mom. They genuinely oh, love yeah. their mom. They genuinely care about they, the work they do. You can see that in the time and effort and, and the interactions that they have with people that that's not fake. And so I think seeing that, that these are two kids that lost their mom that also going through the Operation Pageant report that's 900 pages long, and I'm telling you, takes every conspiracy theory, except for she's on an island with Michael Jackson somewhere, which I highly doubt, uh, that it takes it and really says, listen, for this to be true, let's pretend for a minute it's true. It would require these 50 things that there's just no way that every doctor in the hospital and nurse and staff that works in this hospital is all in on this conspiracy together. Mm-hmm. Or everybody that worked in the hotel was in on this conspiracy together or worked at the Metropolitan, you know, Paris police, you know, working the tunnels and the cameras. So like you said, a lot of times, unfortunately, it is so senselessly tragic that the most... The simplest answer is the truth of mm-hmm. whether he was super drunk or drugged or ho- whatever. But at the end of the day, it was a car accident. Yeah. That was, yeah. I think the paparazzi was heavily responsible for. Probably a little bit more than what they were let off with, I think. I agree. I think when he, when Henri Paul got off work at seven, like so many people do, and there's nothing wrong with it. He went and had some drinks thinking he was done working. He gets a call to go back, and should he have been driving? No, but he did, and I think the paparazzi uh, played a huge part in it, because if you're 
already speeding Mm -hmm. 30 miles over going through a tunnel you're being uh, chased motorcycles even like whenever a motorcycle on the highway goes in between cars like on the line lane splitting scares the shit out of me they uh if they're doing that and stuff and and trying to get pictures you've got you're trying to drive you've got flashes going Mm -hmm. off even if you're sober as a as a priest is that an expression i guess so priest maybe hit the wine a little we don't know but yeah (laughs) sober there's something sober as a judge that's what it is yeah then if that's so distracting anybody could get into a wreck yeah then if you can bind alcohol with it and the chances go up and yes and the speed yes so i think it was just a recipe for disaster and coupled with not wearing seatbelts, it just was a tragedy yeah and that's what they said some people said oh the car really wasn't going that fast and or it was going even faster, or there wasn't a motorcycle, or there was. It's like, you could see the car yeah. was destroyed. and oh, beyond recognition. Yeah, and it's shocking that anybody even, that even, you know, Trevor Reese Jones survived. And he yeah. said he can't remember hardly anything, because I'm sure you couldn't. No, yeah. So, and then that tear in the lung from the, the pathologist, you know, I think yeah. that it is, you know, maybe not even the simplest accident. It's something totally freak, but natural, that... That that tear in that vein in her lung just was irreparable. It is interesting, though, the point you brought up about could could Mohammed have been tipping off the paparazzi because, again, they're at your hotel. I don't know the, the legal action you can take against something like that, but... How did they know they were going to be there? I mean, somebody in the hotel had to have been tipping somebody off, whether it's the driver or the owner or just somebody else that works there. Is it impossible that Henri Paul was also tipping off the paparazzi? No, I don't I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think he would have been speeding as fast as he was and trying to get away from them if he was also getting a cut if they got pictures of them. Yeah. No, I think so. I think you would you would drive more reasonably so they could get yeah. pictures of them so yeah. you get a cut. But that's the hard part is that a lot of the components of these various conspiracy theories could be true, but I don't think it's a silver bullet of Henri Paul was an MI six agent. Maybe he was maybe he was tipping off MI six, who knows, about certain things and he was getting money from the paparazzi and you know, I think small pinches of each thing could be true. But mm-hmm. I don't think it makes, you know, it doesn't give us the answer we want, which is why did this tragedy happen? And it's like it happened because the guy was drunk. They were going too fast. The paparazzi were there. It's a combination. She was the most hunted person of our age, as as her mm-hmm. brother said, sadly. And it doesn't it doesn't satisfy us. And honestly, watching those TikToks, I want her to be alive. I got oh, sure. It makes me sad to think about it. I want her kids to be able to visit their mom. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sure her kids want her to be alive, too. Yeah. And wouldn't sure that be magical? Lot, you know? Yeah. If she had a I secret think, life that she was still happy and she was free and she could meet her grandkids. But, like, I don't think that's true. No. Unfortunately. I think you nailed it when you said it's not satisfying. Yeah. That's for for everyone. It's just you're, we're, if you don't get the answer you want, then you start grasping at straws, much like Muhammad Al-Fayed, yeah. to kind of rewrite history. And yeah. that's just part of grief. That's bargaining. Yes, exactly. I'll do anything you for know? this to be true. And mm-hmm. and and you, I think you probably feel the same way. I totally fell in love with her yeah. studying this. She's great. And, and you just, 
it is so senseless and we lost a lot when we lost her and I was only yeah. 10 and I didn't think about it and now I'm her age like I'm about to be 35 yeah so it's That's wild true. to think about you know how much more life you feel like you have to live mm-hmm. it is yeah I remember when she passed like age is so weird you think like oh she's so much older than she was I'm older than she was now mm-hmm. when she passed and I'm like yeah like you said like there you have a whole second half of your life ahead of you mm-hmm. or you maybe know? even third depending yeah. on yeah that's true i plan to go to 200 so yeah i'm gonna be the first human to do it uh. <laughs> well thank you guys for listening to our three-parter on this we've uh we've all learned a lot we all have a lot of feelings and i'm excited to watch the crown because i feel like i'm gonna get to see kind of even though it's fictionalized but her play out on screen in a way that you kind of get to be a part of it Mm -hmm. as as she went through it so i think you'll like it i think you should i think you should start watching it too and then we can talk about it i'm excited we love providing sinisterhood to you at no cost so if you like what you hear consider supporting the show by donating to our patreon we're a small operation creating the show for you by researching writing recording and producing it ourselves Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Rolling the Airwaves tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode, and patron-exclusive video and audio content, including our Am I the Asshole and Relationship Advice segments where we read and discuss the best that Reddit has to offer. And we have our new Judge Christie segment where I bring the cases and Christie makes the rulings. (laughs) And uh, we do have some merch in the work for Judge Christie. You also now have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We will also be hopping on occasionally and hosting monthly Q&As, where you can ask us all your burning questions. For our patrons not in the U.S., you now have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. And make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. Baseball season is starting and someone showed a picture of themselves in a super cool Sinisterhood baseball tee, which we have available. I also recently posted a picture of myself in the Donna Laser and the Meat Warlocks Meet the World Tour shirt. And like Christy said, we have some upcoming merch Mm -hmm. featuring Judge Christy. So if you want to grab some sweet swag like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click on shop in the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood Christy. I'm on Twitter at Christy or GTFO and on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace. Heather? You can find gratuitous mentions of my new fiance on my Instagram page <laughs> at Heather versus the world and my hot take tweets at MCK versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shoutouts. Melissa Rotnick. Katie. Brittany Holton. Sarah. Cassie. Cianne Cooper. Annie Stetson. Bree Cantwell. Danny Hall. Sophie Isaacs. 
Victoria, Julie Ann Long, Shannon, Carrie, Jessica Brown, Carla Beige, Lexi James, Megan Hoang, Leah, Becky Nash, Martha, Sherry Nowak, Devin, Ginny, Susie Schlegel, Aileen A. Mothersill, Alana Bull, Jessica Sadler, Danielle Bean, Emily Lowe Cicero, Catherine Morgan, Britt Flowers, Crystal Garcia, Colleen Hotchkiss, Lindsay Hoffman, Courtney Jackson, Mary, Jamie Hicks, Claire Marie, Brittany Woolard, Coral Benjamin, Eva McQuillan, Brianna Johnson, Vanessa Bear, Jess Ann, Kelly Corbett, Mackenzie Smiley, Amber Jade, Maya, Sav, Missouri Gray, and Amanda Touchstone. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show, especially during these trying times. We couldn't do it without you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. Mwahaha. <laughs> Sinister.